Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Allie Wilson, former college swimmer turned triathlete and full-time stay-at-home mom to my 22-month-old daughter, Beth, and currently 24 weeks pregnant with baby number two. And I'm Amy Henderson, pro triathlete and competitive cyclist and mother of two to Oliver, who is three and a half, and Margo, who is 18 months old. This week, we'll be diving into prioritization and how we fit in training now that little kids are our top priority and how that prioritization has changed since before kids. Allie, what's been going on with you this week? Well, on the pregnancy front, um, we had our 24-week appointment this week, which was all around uneventful, which is exactly what <laughs> we we need moving forward. Finally. Yes, uneventful is <laughs> good. Um, but 24-week appointment meant we were doing our glucose tolerance testing And, um, I, with my first pregnancy, my clinic usually does like the two hour one. So you're fasted and then you do like multiple blood draws over, you know, a few hours the next day. And my, um, my blood sugar dropped so low, um, with my first pregnancy that like I was getting really dizzy. Um, and so I basically told them this time, I was like, I'm not doing the fasted one. They're like, well, you know, that's, we don't, we don't even really know if we offer the one hour one. I'm like, well, you better, like, you better figure it out because I'm, I'm not doing it. And I, you know, I think in pregnancy, people tell you to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And especially in your first one, if there's stuff you don't know, or, you know, you just want to trust your doctor, like that's really hard. And so I'm actually really proud of myself for like kind of putting my foot down and saying like, I'm I'm not doing this. Like, yeah, I understand gestational diabetes is, you know, anybody can get it. Super healthy athletes can get it. But I have like clinically low blood sugar. So I probably, you know, I haven't had any like risk issues with it at this point. And so I'm like, if there's any issues with the one hour, then I will do the fasted one. But otherwise, I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so they were able to figure it out. And I mean, they have the technology the ability to do it. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was just like, they just don't normally do it. And so when I worked with the lab, she was like a little confused by it. Because I guess it's a slightly different amount of glucose when you do that like sugar drink. I guess it's a, somebody told me it was oh. a different amount. So you have to have like the lower high or whatever it is, like I a different see, one on hand. So that might've been one of the only issues. So glad that's over and done with and results came back as no gestational diabetes. Yay. So, good. That's yeah, awesome. Yay. So other than that, we following up on our really great last week of transitioning Beth to her bed earlier this week, I was trying to find her little stuffed elephant that she has to have when she's going to sleep. And I could not find it. And I just handled the whole nap time like really poorly. And I was super frantic and I like was tearing my room apart, tearing her room apart. Like I have to find this elephant. Like I know you can't sleep without your elephant. And so I, she ended up feeding off of that. And after a solid six days of flawless new bed, no issues. She had a complete meltdown when I finally left the room. And then for like three days, every nap time and bedtime has been 
really, really hard. And so just a huge bummer. Like I get in my head about this stuff and now we've had a string of like kind of rough times putting her down. And I just get so, so anxious. And my mom and my husband are like, she picks up on that. Like she picks up on all of that. So my mom actually put her down for a nap today and I went swimming, which was great. Um, And so they didn't have an issue. And then Nick put her down tonight and there was no issue. And so like... Yeah, and we had her and I had a good nap time yesterday. Um, but like, you know, even Nick had a rough bedtime with her the other night. And so yeah. it's almost like when we get into this string of like not good, like I almost need a reset to have other people. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> like, I know this has happened, yeah, this has happened before where you basically yeah, it's like you I like needed that out. reset and she needed yeah. the reset of like, you know, just yeah, a sort of other people putting her down for a little while and then coming back and then she's sort of back into her. Yeah. And, you know, super fortunate that we have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, You know, and so that's really nice. But like, it was really hard because all of last week I would go put her in her bed and go, okay, put your head on your pillow. And I'd pull her blanket over and tuck her in and tell her I was tucking her in and good night and give her a kiss and stuff. And I, you know, the last few days I'd like try to get her in her bed. She's like, no. And I'm like, okay, can you put your head in your pillow? No. And then it's like, when I try to leave, she's like, no, 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 no. Like she's completely panicking about me leaving. And so it was just like, that's hard. You know, (laughs) like you don't want to leave. We've been reading books for 30 minutes. You need to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's a um, little bit update there. <laughs> I knew <laughs> yeah. something was going to come up. But it sounds like it's getting better and hopefully back on track and yeah, just more of a blip and overall still pretty successful. Yeah, it's just tough. Like, I've always been the type of person that, like, when something happens once, okay, fine. But then if you start seeing a trend in my head, I'm like, this is permanent. <laughs> I know. It's never going to be okay again. <laughs> I know. And I think that is like one of the biggest things with kids to try to fight that urge, right? Because things do change so quickly. But, yeah. you know, they can always, yeah, change for the in both directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the worse, for the better. Yeah, exactly. One other really exciting thing this week is, well, a couple weeks ago, you and I went to a park together with the kids. And Beth was really excited. She always talks about Alia Margo. And so I was telling her we were going to a park today. And she was like, Alia Margo? And I was like, no, no Alia Margo today. And then she goes, no I Margo today, no I Margo today, no Amy today. And so <laughs> she totally connects you with them and it's so cute. Um, it's so cute. <laughs> it's just so fun. And then she just kind of says it randomly, no Ollie Margo today. <laughs> um, but we get to the park and it's in a neighborhood we used to live in. And so I had the stroller and Beth's just been so fussy on walks. Like our longest successful walks been like 20, 30 minutes in the last, it feels like the last like month. And so Um, we played for a little while and then I put her in the stroller and she was like freaking out right at first. And so didn't think it was going to go very well, but after a minute, two minutes, she was totally fine. We started walking and I know the neighborhood. Well, I know there's like, I know where some of the shortcuts are. So like, I know 
there's ways to make really long loops and, you know, ways to get home quickly. And so we're doing this walk and she's having a great time. Like she's just (laughs) super happy, had some snacks and we ended up making it for a full hour over three miles. Wow. Which is, yeah, like I was saying, the farthest we've made it in a walk in like months. And I was so excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like when I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds like a classic alley walk because you... You love to do long walks like I, with Beth. Yeah, and, love them. Yeah. And then, I mean, I know another reason that you sort of stopped doing them, not just the stroller thing, but you were also having your, your foot pain. How was that during the walk? It was okay today, and it's it's been fine since then. So, Good. I mean, I didn't run or anything, and I haven't been doing much on it. So, yeah, yeah that was part of it. It's been like a combination of the weather. Like, yeah. I think she just, she doesn't really like being totally bundled up. Yeah. And the rain I, covers are annoying because they're they get so like foggy, you know, like steamy, you can't really see out. Yeah. So. We haven't even tried the rain cover in well over a year. But <laughs> even like the sleeping bag yeah. thing, she just kicks her feet and so I think with the weather warming up, hopefully we'll be able to get more walks in, um which is great cuz I was remembering like that's the neighborhood that we lived in when we moved out of there when I was 35 weeks pregnant with Beth. So I walked like three to five times every single week, like sometimes short ones, sometimes just to Starbucks, you know, but like sometimes hour to an hour and a half long walk. And that was like a big fit, you know, piece of it for fitness for me during pregnancy. And it's been really tough not really being able to do that this time, just because it's completely dependent on, on, Beth and what she's willing to put up with. Well, the one the one thing I would caution against is, you know, don't get so excited about this that now you do five one-hour walks the next five days, Allie, because that might bother your I, foot. <laughs> I think it'll bother everything else because I haven't yeah. been, like, using my walk muscles. Like, by the yeah. end, I was like, my hips are hurting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's hurting. So, so yeah, I'm probably going to be really sore tomorrow from my three-mile flat, oh no-hill-climb walk. Nice. <laughs> so what has been going on with you this week, Amy? Well, it has been a good week over here, too, because this past weekend, we had a training camp for my new bike team. Ooh. And it was just so much fun, and I'm so excited, and, like, fitness is coming together, and the team is awesome, and this is going to be a great year, as long as I don't get injured. (laughs) Which, like, normally I would never be thinking about that so much going into a season. But, you know, I mean, last season, like, ended with a collarbone break. And honestly, a big part of the reason I never did bike racing in the past was the fear of injury, right? I get that, yeah. (sighs) So I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Like, it's interesting because, you know, if you weren't doing bike racing because your focus was, you know, Ironman training... Yeah, I could see not wanting to get injured doing, you know, like just a fun bike race on the weekend to take away from your main kind of goals. My sense with Ironman training was that 
I, at least for me, right? There was even moments when, like, oh, it would be really fun to go horseback riding for, you know, whatever reason. I don't know. I really <laughs> wanted to go skiing. horseback riding. Yeah, like, any of yeah. that stuff. It's, like, when you are training for a big A-race Ironman, especially Kona, right? Like, well, oh, yeah. I don't want anything to come up before this race. So with bike racing, it always seemed a little risky and, you know, not necessarily worth it. Anyway, so that's always been the thing that scared me off of it. But yeah, with this new team, it's really exciting because it is a new group of women that's coming together and we just have such a great like spectrum of abilities and backgrounds. We have people, you know, from all different categories in the cycling rankings and we have people with, you know, years of experience and we have some people who are helping like lead the team and you know they were racing as serious cat one racers in the past and now they're coming on rides and giving us pointers and like teaching us stuff and then we also have people who like me this is going to be their first main year focused on cycling and some people who you know came from triathlon or other sports backgrounds and and also like in terms of personalities you know we have i don't know such a good mix of different people with different like strengths and just different types of people. And it was really fun to all get together and not just go for big rides, but also have dinners and like meet people from out of town. So it got me super excited for starting to race. And one thing that was funny, though, is I know we've talked about this previously. It's like now new people who I'm meeting, I already am a mom, right? So they are meeting me like as mom amy and and i don't know why that feels so funny to me but what was interesting with the weekend was like that question came up for me of how much is it okay to talk about my kids to other people who don't have kids mm, okay. <laughs> and how much is it like annoying or am i like talking about my kids too much <laughs> and i think it's <laughs> yeah are there other people on the team that have kids? There is one other person who has a kiddo who is basically Margot's age. Okay. Because I yeah. say, I feel like... And also the person who, um, you know, started the team, like brought the team together. He's been on the team for a few years. And the dinner the first night was at his house and his kids were there and they are like 6 and 11. So... Okay. You know... I, I almost feel like when you have younger kids, it... I don't know. You like want to talk about it more, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have older kids. I don't know. <laughs> I know, like... right? I think part of it with what you're saying is that when your kids are younger, they are more integrated in your day-to-day -day life. Whereas like, I mean, again, tch, we, neither of us know, but when you get older or sorry, when your kids get older, you're not like responsible for them every moment in the same way. And so maybe there's more separation of like your identity potentially i don't know <laughs> so yeah like if they're older i mean i guess they can do their own thing a little bit more they're maybe going to go to practice and like there might be like it, whatever swim practice soccer practice whatever and like the novel things to talk about might be their first game or their first race or whatever versus you know Whatever being excited about they said. the new <laughs> the new words they said. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's part of it also is like the rate of change for an older kid. Like as kids get older, it gets smaller, right? You even see that with growth, right? And yeah. so 
like, and that's the reason, honestly, like I talk about Ollie the most because (laughs) every single sentence that comes out of that kid's mouth is like the cutest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I know. I'll never forget when you told me the family meeting when it was like, what do you think we should do? He goes, well, we should milk a cow. (laughs) (laughs) So one of my favorite things I've ever heard. What? Oh my god! Now that Beth is talking, I, I get it a little bit more. But I was yeah, like, what? that makes no sense. But okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And so, and one of the things that had happened is that um, when I was going to the first team dinner on Friday, Ali and I actually made a cake for the dinner together. Oh. And so that was really fun. It was like an orange olive oil cake. And Ollie wanted to put blueberries in it, so we did, which I just thought that was super fun to, like, randomly, you know, add some blueberries to this cake, and it was really good. And then right before I was leaving for the dinner, he was like, Mama, I hope your cake is really good. Oh. Yeah. And so it was so sweet, you know, and I was like, well, thank you for, you know, helping me make it for everyone. And and he was like, is your team going to eat it? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so you know of course i get to dinner and i like i have to tell everyone about this because it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) you see that that to me makes sense right like specifically we made this cake together yeah definitely um so yeah so it was really fun and it was great and you know like the weather held out it wasn't too terribly rainy um and we got to practice a lot of good like group tactics in different ways um we we did some really fun like you know some people would like pull off for a breakaway and then you could either like chase after them right away or you know do different things so we had like a little group break going and we we're doing a rotating pace line and like staying away from the other group um had some good hill climbs that were really fun and and then we also went and the second day on sunday we were going to be doing a big group ride here in Portland that's called the Savi Shootout. And so it always meets, you know, at this one spot at 9 a.m. And I leave my house a little bit worried about if I'm going to be late. So I do what I always end up doing when I'm meeting up for group rides, which is like sprinting the start. (laughs) It's a good warm up. And um, I had a tailwind this day. So I got there like 13 minutes early. So like totally early no one else was there and it ended up because of the rain in the forecast that it was only our team and like one other guy who you know also like knew some of the people on our team and so that was super fun just ended up being another team ride we went we did first loop of Savi's Island as like rotating pace line and then the second loop I was like I really want to practice my sprints like I've practiced sprinting on the road a little bit solo I mean, I've done a few, you know, circuit races and different races. And so I've sprinted for like preems and finish lines. But my sprinting experience is very low. And I've never done the sprints that they do on the Savi shootout. So Mm -hmm. we're like, we make this plan and um, there's two guys on the ride with us and they're going to like lead me out. And then another person on my team, she like takes off and time trials and sort of goes ahead. So she is just like, you know, solo breakaway, like time trialing. And, you know, these guys are like leading me out so we can catch her. And unfortunately, 
even though we discussed in depth where is the sprint and what is the sprint line, like in my mind, I just did not fully process it or switch over from like where I had thought it was in the past. And so I had the perfect lead out. We caught her just in time and I just never sprinted because and then we got past the line and then I was like, oh, that was the sign. Oh, it was so sad. I was so mad at myself. I was so bummed because, like, I wanted to practice that sprint so much. And there was one other spot where we did do another sprint and, you know, we had sort of separate lead outs and did the whole thing. And that was fun, too. But, you know, it's like, oh, it was so funny. Yeah, so it was a very nice weekend. Super fun to get to do, you know, double weekend rides, which I never do. And... My legs were ridiculously tired afterwards. Actually, oh my, the the last thing. So the next day on Monday, I waited until like the afternoon. I did my easy 30 minute ride. And the whole time I was just like, I just want to be sleeping. I just want to fall asleep. (laughs) And so then I had like 30 minutes until I was supposed to take over and watch the kids. And I was like, okay, I'm going to lie in the bed for like a 20 minute nap. So I napped for 20 minutes and I set my watch alarm to wake me up. And I think I woke up and then I still had, you know, 10 minutes. And then I set my watch alarm again (laughs) and it did not go off or maybe I slept through it. But basically 40 minutes later, so like 30 minutes after I was supposed to go and like, you know, relieve Cass of watching the kids and and be on kid duty, I woke up and I look at my watch and I'm like, (gasps) Oh, no. And I run downstairs. And you know that feeling when you wake up from sleep and then you have to jump up and and like a nap, too. And that's like, are so (laughs) terrible. And I have to run downstairs and be like, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, it was all good. But definitely I was tired (laughs) from that big weekend. No kidding. I I mean, you're probably gonna be about as tired as I was from my three mile walk today. So last week we had Katie Zafiris on the podcast and she made a point that we loved. She said that Kimball, her son, is the priority now and that that's the shift that she always knew would happen. But the surprise was that she could still be a really good athlete and still have him as the center of everything. Right. And so, Allie, when when you and I talked, like we really were excited to dig into that more because that rang true for both of us and just felt so true, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and it made me think back on this one time I was interviewed for a podcast that was for people who had, like qualified for Kona. And I remember, and this was before I was a parent, right? And one of the questions they asked is like, how do you fit it all in? You have a full-time job and you're training and you qualified for Kona. Like, how do you fit it in? And it was funny because I was just like... I don't know. I just do. Like, and maybe even in my mind, I was like, I don't know. It's not that hard. Like, I don't have kids. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, get up early, stay up late, do whatever you want on weekends. Like, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, and then I remember, like, that was, you know, a Thursday night and I used to have track, like, team track runs, you know, at the Portland Tri Club on Thursdays. So I remember going to track and telling people about the interview and mentioning that question. And as we talked about it with, you know, with friends, we sort of realized, like, 
I mean, basically, the answer is pretty simple. It's just that you make training a priority. So, Allie, when you think about training, how has the way in which you prioritize sports, how does it look different now than it did before you had Beth? Well, I think, like, I was kind of thinking about this. So, when I was swimming competitively, like high school, college, that's what I did 20 hours every week. If you just, that's what I did. And so shortly after that, like my early twenties, I really just kind of had this freedom of kind of train whenever I want and Mm -hmm. I could do it or not. And so it really wasn't until a couple of years ago when I actually started working with a coach that I felt like I was in a place to really say, this is, I'm going to start following a formal training plan and not missing workouts. And yeah, like you just, you just fit it in where you could, when you could, and you didn't really have to rely on anybody else's schedule and you're less tired. So getting up at five to do workouts (laughs) is a lot easier, you know, like, yeah, you're, you have the ability to recover better and you just have more like hours in the day dedicated to whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I think for me, like I still really felt it was still notable that sport had to be prioritized over other things in terms of things like, you know, even socializing or, I mean, we've talked about, you know, drinking and alcohol and stuff. And there were definitely moments when it was like, okay, I'm going to prioritize tomorrow's workout over tonight's fun. <laughs> yeah. Drinking. And like one of the things I think we've talked about before too, is one of my, one of the things my college coach used to talk about is if you picture a triangle, you've got three sides of your triangle. You've got your family side, your work or your school side, and then you've got your sport side. And obviously this is like specifically for an athlete. And so if you want all of them to be perfectly even, then you're not necessarily going to be the best employee or student. You're not going to be the best athlete. And you might not be the best, you know, parent or friend or family member, but it's never going to be a perfect three-sided triangle. And so it can shift at times the season too, where if you're doing lead up to Kona, your side of the triangle that is focused specifically on sports is going to be a whole lot, taking up a whole lot more of your time. And then you're probably gonna be spending a lot less time with friends and family. You know, you still have requirements to your job or school, but hey, maybe you won't be going above and beyond in that category of, of your life. And so, you know, you've got these three pieces and however you make them work, it'll change where you are at different times of your life. And so maybe that's what you're, you're, you know, sport piece would have been a lot bigger at a certain time. And now that you've got kids, you're forced to to kind of reprioritize. Yeah, definitely. And I think related to that, too, when I think about this priority question, I think about, in one sense, basically prioritization on different scales, right? So sometimes... Yeah, it's the seasonal thing. And so it's like, well, in the winter when it's off season, I get more time with my family. Or sometimes it's like in summer when maybe work is more relaxed and the weather is nicer. You want more family time. You know, that's sort of competing with the main season for a triathlon Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, So there's that, you know, 
sort of annual seasonality and, of course, the lead up to big races, that kind of thing comes in. And then there's also sort of, you know, on a smaller scale, like a weekly type of thing. So, for example, Mm -hmm. this past weekend, you know, was a this past week was my last build week in, you know, sort of a three week build cycle, I think. And and it culminated with this training camp. And so that was like, okay, a lot of energy was going into that. And it did take away, you know, some time with family, even though I shifted things, you know, to make it work pretty well. But then this week is a recovery week. So it's like the training hours are down and I'm able to put a lot of that energy back into the family. And so, you know, mm-hmm. there's sort of that weekly shift, but then even day to day. And this is where I also find it's really key to be thinking about sort of that like tiered prioritization, because whatever you choose to do, like first thing in the morning or in the first part of your day is the thing that's most likely to get done and Mm -hmm. then other stuff might sort of fall away or fall off, you know? Even, yeah. Even Katie was saying that she's like, I've found that if I swim early in the morning, I'll get it done. Otherwise she's like, I might still do it later, but I'm like dragging my feet to get to do whatever workout it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely, you know, there's a lot of weight, like that scale for thinking about it. And then one of the other things, I think sometimes we get so in our routine and we get so used to prioritizing sport that we don't, we sort of, you know, stop realizing all the stuff that we're necessarily giving up because, you know, we're we're happy with the decisions we're making. We're used to it. It's in our routine. And it's a lot easier if you have your routine and you're like, well, I always do my Thursday night track with my friends. Then if someone invites you out you know, for a dinner on Thursday, you're like, well, I can't do it. Like I have track there. It's easy to say no, because that time is assigned. And one thing I've always noticed is in those off season periods, when maybe you're recovering from a big race or whatever, and so you really step back on the training, getting back into it is really hard. It's It's, like, where, like, I don't feel like right now I have 15 extra hours in my week. (laughs) So where do I fit in the training? (laughs) I know. It's like you hear about people who are retired and it's like they have no time on their hands. I was like, what do you mean? You're not working 40 hours a week anymore. Like, well, we fill it with stuff. And I think, you know, to that point, if you're somebody who likes to be busy, like yourself or myself, like if I have free time, I'm doing crafts or (laughs) baking and, you know, doing stuff with like, like extra stuff with Beth. And like, I know you do that kind of stuff too. And I think it's also interesting too, like the comparison of once you have kids is if you have an hour long run to do, you know, let's just say, and before kids, maybe you kind of get your running clothes on, you do a slow warm up, you eat your snack, you know, you do your run, however long, you know, you start it, go slow and you finish it, you might walk home or walk to coffee at the end and Like, that's how I used to do it. Like, I'd finish (laughs) at the coffee shop a mile from home and walk home, right? And then you take, like, a long, hot bath or whatever. And so, but now you've got a finite amount of time available to do this. So your one-hour run is now, it's one hour. And then you've got, like, eight minutes to shower and (laughs) ten minutes to warm up beforehand. And so you are forced into this time management more so when you have more things on your schedule. Yeah, definitely. I remember thinking about this in high school when it was, you know, sometimes people are surprised. Oh, when you have track, how do you, 
you know, get your schoolwork done. And it's like, well, actually, when I'm in the track season, I'm much better at getting my homework done because, again, there's like that window of I have my routine. I get back from the track workout. I eat dinner and then I do the work. Whereas if I don't have that, well, then I get home. I watch TV. Then, you know, eventually, you know, probably still eat dinner at the same time. But like just you when I have time, I procrastinate. So (laughs) I do like to be busy. Yeah, I'm agreed. I'm the same way. Like, if I have a bunch of stuff going on in a day, and I have to sit down and like, prioritize my time, I'm way more productive. But if I don't have anything going on, and I don't plan anything, then I'm just like, sitting around and then the day ends. and I'm like, I did nothing today. And then I feel really disappointed that I've (laughs) done nothing for the day. Yeah, I know. I hate that feeling. Yeah. I hate it so much. Relaxing counts as something, right? (laughs) I know. I'm always trying to justify that. Exactly. Yeah. It's easier now that I'm pregnant because I'm like, um, when Beth was napping, I sat on the couch for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) I did nothing around the house. So yeah. One of the interesting questions on my mind as we were preparing for this conversation and thinking through it is that I feel like You know, in the way that Katie talked about the prioritization, you know, I can really see how, yeah, if you are an Olympic athlete who so much of your time is going towards that one goal of getting a medal at the Olympics or, you know, doing well in your sport, you are used to putting so, you know, your triangle is very focused on one thing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it was so interesting to think about how when you then imagine, okay, I'm going to have a a kid, a baby, and they are going to be my number one priority, how could I even aim to come close to what I've achieved before, right? And what's interesting to me is that I feel like we've seen a lot of people who have kids and do better than they did before they had kids, Well, and you told me about an article that you read recently, and it was basically talking about like women that come back after kids and are more successful, like faster or whatever. Because I mean, your first two races back after kids, your 70.3s last year, those were both best times for you, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. And the article that I was sharing with you was looking specifically at elite runners and their performance pre-pregnancy and post-pregnancy. And it was almost 50%, almost half of them who returned to racing after having babies improved their performance. And, and again, like with, with me, you know, similar, like you said, I mean, I PR'd after having kids and that was on less training. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to that whole, you know, you have fewer hours available for training, meaning that every single hour that you're training, you want to make as productive as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good question of like, what is it um, specifically? And, you know, just thinking about other athletes, like, I mean, I don't know all the details of any given person's performances before babies or after babies. But obviously, when you see a new mom like Chelsea Sodaro win the Ironman World (laughs) Championship race, right? Great example. (laughs) Um, You know, and it's like, and it's interesting because I think for me personally, one of the things that has always made me feel insecure when it comes to training is that I 
I have always felt like I don't have that extreme type A athlete personality. You know, I don't have all green weeks Mm -hmm. and training peaks. I don't like do all the recovery stuff. I don't make sure I'm like getting all the extra sleep and all this, you know, stuff like I don't know. And I try to flip that and look at it like when I feel insecure, I try to look at it as as a benefit of, oh, this is me like, I don't know, like being relaxed and finding I mean, for sure, it is finding a good balance for me. Right. Like if I can perform pretty well and still, you know, have flexibility and whatever, like that seems good. But I don't know. It always it always feels like it's sort of a competing thing that makes me insecure. And then when I look at seeing these professional, like high level athletes who I would think do have that like serious focus type A athlete personality and then potentially benefit when they are able to not solely focus on training, but also like have their kid and have more of that like balance with other stuff outside the sport it makes me think oh maybe that is a good mindset (laughs) maybe that is like a good good way to approach it yeah i mean just like mentally if you you focus on your sport when you're focusing on it and then you you know put that away and then now you're paying attention to your kids or you know whatever else right yeah and i mean even like that makes me think too of what katie safira said last week that using pregnancy as a period for really a mental reset. A mental reset and yeah. like taking a break and not staying in that like hyper focused mental period. So Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was that was super cool to hear her talk about that. Yeah. I think as we talk about like prioritization with training and kids and stuff, there's also like another piece that we, you know, kind of need to look at, which is once you have kids, you are gonna be most likely in a position to like you're forced into priority choices versus just changing priorities because that's what you want to do, you know? And so like, once you have kids, you can't train whenever you want to. So that is kind of your priority has to shift there. Um, Maybe you can't do all the races you want to because you don't want to be away from home that much. Or I mean, maybe because you don't want to be away from home or maybe because, you know, I'll be honest, in our case, I'm not working anymore. Like we don't necessarily have the finances for me to just pick up and go travel to do, you know, whatever race I want to do. Like it just doesn't necessarily make sense for our budget. And so, you know, it's kind of figuring out. And I feel like I did a lot of this last summer of I prioritized running as, as long as I could. And then I prioritized swimming because I felt that I only really had the time to focus on one sport at a time. And also, you know, again, just it's easier to train for one sport than three. (laughs) Um, So that's a big piece of it. And then I, I want to be home with my kid. Like I have the option to use the daycare at the gym. I could take her there every single day and do whatever workouts I wanted for like two hours a day. You're also looking at then a cost thing too, which two hours a day is not that much, but still the reason I chose to stay home was so that I could stay home and be with her. And I, I just think that there's choices that we make because we want to and for choices that we make because we kind of have to. And I think it's kind of an interesting piece of it to look at. Yeah, definitely. 
I similarly feel like me shifting towards cycling in a way is one of that those types of things where that is being impacted by having two young kids and feeling like <laughs> one sport is a little bit more manageable than all three. Yeah. And at different times, the choice of prioritization looks very different and is on a very different scale. So sometimes it's like even before kids, when I was, you know, working at a university and I was part of the triathlon team, I I always thought, you know, I was going to go to grad school, get my PhD in psychology, and I was working at this university for a couple of years so that I could go and apply for that, right? And then I got so invested in triathlon and the tri team. When I first joined the team, I wasn't planning on doing an Ironman or anything like that, but it was just like honestly liking having a life <laughs> after yeah. college. Like I was so focused in college on all the research I was doing. You know, I was in two labs. Sometimes I was taking like 20 credits a term. I had to get special approval, like because I was just, I don't know, loving it. <laughs> That sounds like the Amy that I know. <laughs> and I loved being, feeling so productive. It was so satisfying. And then I, you know, got into this job and I found that I really loved doing triathlon and like focusing on triathlon and not working my 40 hours a week in research and then working, you know, 10, 15 extra hours doing my own personal research, which is what it would have really taken to like go to grad school. I It's felt. so funny. Like, I like just hearing you say that it were completely flip flop because I came out of college right. doing full time school, 20 hours a week of training, you know, training d doubles five days a week and three hours <laughs> on Saturday. Like I came out of school and I was like so ready to be like, I'm going to just work and I'm going to have a job. And I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like and I'm going to do stuff when I can on either side of that, not prioritize sport. And that's kind of what I was referencing earlier was I took that huge mental break from right. the structured training for most of my early 20s. And then getting into sport, I I fitted in where I could and what I did what I wanted to do. And then that's what I was saying about like, I got to the point of wanting to be back to that structured thing. Right. But it is, just, it is just funny to hear like completely opposite. <laughs> it is so funny. And there's so many times now like feeling like, oh, I am a really good athlete that I look back and I just feel like I wasted high school because I wasn't focused. And I, you know, yeah, I did cross country and track, but like, I, I know I could have been better if I'd been focused. But then I just think like, look at where I am now. And if I had put all that focus in at that time, would I be burnt out now? Would I be injured? Like, would I, you know, I mean, so yeah. many women leave you know, girls go through puberty and then leave sports because of the system that we're in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's that makes me feel better to hear because right now I love, you know, being an athlete so much. And I'm so glad that I have this time. And but it also is true that, like, how would I feel right now if I hadn't taken my break and like had my two kids and I had been focused on sport, like maybe I would be at the point where I'm burnt out. Putting a lot into any specific bucket, but especially, you know, we're focused right now and talking about training. It can take a lot of mental energy and a lot of effort and sacrifice in other domains. And so it's not necessarily feasible to like keep it up long term. And so those shifts just naturally come. 
it's kind of funny also hearing you say like that you almost feel like you wasted, you know, high school, college, because, you know, what could you have been as an athlete? And I think back on the kind of break that I took from fully structured training, you know, my early 20s. And I think about that now and like knowing what I know now of like, with the sport of triathlon is I didn't start working with a coach until I'd been doing the sport for almost 10 years, you know, at which point I was getting married and having kids. And I'm like, what could I have done? Like, I have this one friend and she's like 24. And I'm like, she's <laughs> what I wish I could have done when I was 24. Like, where could I be in the sport? You know, could I be qualifying for Boston in running and chasing, you know, Kona and, and, you know, aspiring to get my pro card? Like, did I leave, did I leave all that on the table? And then, I don't know, I look at where I'm at now. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm happy with what I'm doing. And I enjoy the sport. And, you know, I don't want to be like, does it matter? But it's just I don't know, it's it the ebb and flow of, of the seasons of our lives. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I know this has gotten so much more philosophical. But I agree. <laughs> I mean, I think about for me, yeah, looking back at my experience in college, like, I really enjoyed that time of my life. And I, you know, that was what I wanted to prioritize at the time yeah. was, you know, and the that things was that I did. Me right out of college, you know. Exactly. Like, it is just kind of funny. Even with career, it's like, okay, on the one hand, there's like, do you have a job, yes or no? And how much are you prioritizing what you're doing? But then there's also like the larger picture. So for me, when Ollie was first born, it was about to be 2020, and I was sort of looking at different jobs and considering switching the job that I was at. I even got a job offer. And that was a moment where I really looked at like, okay, 2020, I am very excited to focus on triathlon this year. And now I have this job offer and I could switch jobs. And like, you know, either way, I'm planning on having a job and training. But if I switch jobs, I really want to be able to put a lot of energy into that and like pour myself into that part of career development. And so that is going to take away from training. And so that was a moment where I said, no, I'm not going to accept this job offer and I'm going to like focus on triathlon. Well, then obviously the pandemic happened. Yeah. And then it's funny because basically one year later, I got a job at the same company. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. So I did end up switching it. But that you know, that was sort of a notable moment of really intentionally choosing like, yes, I'm going to have a career in this moment, but I am not prioritizing it to the extent of yeah. like wanting to take a new job that I know will be harder. For sure. And um, I know we've talked about this before, but like when I took the job that I took when I got into the beer industry, like for me, that was my career path. And my hope was to, you know, move up and get a management position. Like I kind of went into that with the hopes of moving up of like, I'm on the beginning of a set career path. This is what I'm going to do. And sport totally fell the wayside for like two years until I was able to kind of figure out how to then bring the balance back in and, and make it a part of my life again. That's a big thing. I know, you know, Nick, same thing happened with him when he started his new job a few years ago. Prior to that, we were, I mean, we met through triathlon. Mm -hmm. He was doing a lot of triathlon. And now it's been like a lot more work focused. And then, I mean, I had kids on top of that. And like, yeah. you know, there's no chance. <laughs> and obviously, I really had that moment where it was like, okay, I was 
working. I had two kids and I was really wanting to train and prioritize training and like and having those PRs in my two races was such a like but what could I what could I do if I could actually prioritize this, right? Because I wasn't really able to and the hours were low. And already I was deprioritizing work in ways of, you know, I was like at 75% time. So that was lower. And I was trying to fit in the training. But I really went and like made the choice to really prioritize training because, you know, we were able to. And this is a time in my life where like, you know, it's it's a window of, I don't know, a year, two years, who knows what it'll look like. But it's you know, sort of like the opportunity for me to do it. And I think when I think about it, I just think about for anyone who is a mom or a parent, I should say, who like wants to work, wants to train, like it's hard to do it all. And I think like prioritization is key, right? And you can definitely do Ironman races and be a parent and work 40 hours a week. It's really, really hard. And that looks, you know, one way. And then you can also shift things. And I don't know, like everyone sort of has to find the right balance and the right mix of things that works for them and their family. And it changes all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm entering this new phase of life where obviously like being pregnant right now is whereas before I was pregnant and I had a little more energy, you know, I was every single nap was a workout. I was doing early morning workouts. I was, you know, I had a lot more like mental capacity (laughs) to (laughs) to like squeeze strength workouts in with Beth. And now it just feels like a lot of effort to do. And I'm sure there's people out there who would listen to me like, you're being lazy. (laughs) You're not doing these things. But this is where I'm at now. Like I'm taking the time during her naps to work out a couple times a week versus every single day, you know, and otherwise I'm sometimes taking naps or just sitting on the couch Mm -hmm. and reading a book or watching TV Mm -hmm. just because that's like mental, physical decompression. And as I know, we talked about, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago, like, sleep at night isn't necessarily great. So I have to figure out how to have that balance. And I also look at this moving forward as I know that two kids versus one is going to be a lot harder for training. So naps might be not lined up or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so maybe I can get back to the early morning thing, but that's going to be a while. So like, it's just, it's again, everything's kind of a season and we'll see where the next one takes us. And now for a closing segment, our Go Mamas of the Week. Go Mama, Go Mama, Go Mama. This can be any small triumph or thing that's making us happy. Amy, what's your positive from the week? Well, I sort of (laughs) ended up talking about this in the intro section, but my positive from this week and the last few weeks is that I have been biking on my rollers, on my bike indoors. So basically for... Christmas, you know, I got rollers, which for people who don't know, they're, you know, sort of like a, a bike trainer, but you have just your full bike on it. Honestly, it's more like biking on a treadmill, right? So you've got your mm-hmm. full bike and they're like little wheels. It's like it's like if you were standing on a log and like running in place. 
And, you know, my coach really encourages them because they can help with bike handling skills and they help with your balance. And, you know, if you're riding in, in, you know, a Peloton in groups, you really need to have that ability to make micro adjustments and like be really comfortable Mm -hmm. on your bike. Mm -hmm. And so they're a way to get some of that training. So I just have, you know, very simple rollers. They're not, they don't have resistance. So they just, you know, they go one speed basically, or like one level of resistance. Um, And so they're just for some like endurance training with, you know, for that technical aspect. And oh my gosh, I was so nervous. Like I had to put them together. I finally got myself to do that. That took a little while. And then still like delayed actually trying them because my coach encouraged us to have like, you know, he said that Nick could hold the back of the saddle to sort of keep me centered. And so that is how we sort of started out. But honestly, like... I don't know. That felt weird. I didn't feel like that comfortable. I first tried to do it in my garage where I was sort of like, you know, near the wall and had something else. But then I was like, nope, I have to go full on like in between a door frame. That's what I've I need heard to have... in a doorway. Yeah. Yeah. I need to have Nick just like go upstairs and I'll be in a door frame. And that felt really good. And then there was, you know, I mean, you can't really fall either way. So it was, it was totally good. And it is funny though, because like this week, the session I did was 30 minutes and I just get so focused. Like I, I just focus on, okay, you're supposed to look like how many feet in front and, you know, hold my hands. And I was trying to shift my hands a little bit, but they were getting sort of like numb and realizing like, oh yeah, normally if you ride, you know, you're sort of like move your hands around sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you're like, I don't know, adjust something or, or move in different ways. And like right now I'm just sitting like with my hands like gripped <laughs> solidly on the bike. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like it's a win. I'm proud that I've, you know, been trying them out. And honestly, yeah, they're they're really fun and not as difficult as I anticipated. Although I'm still sitting in between door frames. So we'll see. <laughs> nice. What's your positive this week? We have been kind of singing different like lullabies and little chants to Beth. Um, and she's repeating them back to us now. So like oh. on our walk today, my mom has been working on, because it was rainy last week, rain, rain, go away, come again another day. And so <laughs> we were walking today and she just starts going, rain, rain, go away, come back, not a day. And she just says it over and over and over and over again. And she's not even two yet. And she's like, you know, repeating these complete sentences in like, I mean, they're memorized, like they're not, you know, she's not building sentences together that are longer than like four or five words. But like, it's still yeah, it's so cool. She's saying them. And so like, the other one we've been singing is Rockabye Baby. And so um, she tonight was sitting at the table and starts going rock a bye baby into treetop. And then she says, wind blow like and cradle rock. And then I'm just like, that was like a whole, like, <laughs> oh that was gosh. a lot of words. Um, and she even kind of understood, like she didn't quite understand the next verse. So she started again, rock a bye baby, in the treetop, and then she says, when the bow breaks. So it's like she knew the next verse, even though that wasn't exactly, you know, in order. But I'm just sitting there, like, dumbfounded listening to her 
just like say this over and over again. It's just so cool. Like to oh hear my gosh. like this extended little piece of like talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Wow. I think I've totally forgot that there's part of that song that's the bow breaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've definitely been singing that song for like three yeah. and a half years now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's so funny. And the other funny thing is when you start singing these nursery rhymes and realizing like there's some weird I stuff know. in them. <laughs> <laughs> when the wind blows, the cradle rock, then the bow breaks, the bye baby. <laughs> I know. No, I know. And baby. also the one of like the person um you know who bumped his head and then oh. he didn't wake up in the morning oh my gosh i don't think i know that one yet oh man <laughs> what song is that um it's ra- oh it's raining it's pouring i don't know that i thought that one. was one of the standard ones okay. <laughs> well i know like another one it's humpty dumpty sat on the wall had a great fall <laughs> like, oh, That's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. We are so excited to continue to share our experiences of training through pregnancy, postpartum, and with young kids. New episodes come out every Friday, so make sure you subscribe to be reminded of our episodes each week. If you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions for us, find us on Instagram at momsoftriathlon or email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. Bye! So I walked like five times a day when I was pregnant with Beth. And so it was really fun to like five be times back a the- day. I'm sorry. <laughs> every, every hour on the hour. Oh, my God. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs>